Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 157 of the podcast for August 23rd, 2012. My guest today is Nick Cirillo. He is the founder of Nick's Pizza and Pub, which has two locations in suburban Chicago. And he's the author of the new book, which will be out September 13th, available for pre-order at Amazon and other sites called A Slice of the Pie, How to Build a Big Little Business. Now, I'm interviewing Nick. I had a chance to meet him and, and visit one of his restaurants and spend some time with him back in 2012. I was in the Chicago area. I had just blogged about uh, a really nice article about Nick and his um, operations and leadership approach that was in Inc. Magazine. And you can find links to both my earlier blog post and that article if you go to leanblog.org slash 157. Now, I, this isn't um, a, a podcast about pizza. It's about culture and leadership and um, having a great organization. I think you'll find a lot that parallels the lean methodology and management approach, whether it's in manufacturing or healthcare. I think there's really um, a lot to admire and a lot to uh, take away from the discussion with Nick and uh, from his book, which I had a chance to um, preview a galley copy of through the publisher. So thank you to them for that. Um, check out the book. Again, it's Nick Cirillo, A Slice of the Pie. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, Nick, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast today. Grateful for the opportunity, Mark. Thank you very much and uh, for giving me this, this opportunity to share what what we do at Nick's and uh, what I've learned over the years. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad you can share that with the listeners. And you know, it, for for me personally, it's nice to be able to follow up. Um, it was you know two years ago when I had a chance to meet you and, and visit um, your restaurant, and so really excited that your book is uh, coming out and we can talk about that. So, um, can you start off? I'm, I'm curious, you know, for the listeners, if you can tell the story about um, how you started Nick's Pizza and Pub. I think that's a really neat story. Oh, okay, yeah. For sure. I mean, it was. Uh, I was a carpenter for many years. I mean, I grew up a little bit in the restaurant industry. My dad had a, a small place in the city, a little uh, beef stand in Chicago, and um, so I had a little bit of experience in the restaurant business as a kid. And then I got out of high school, and I had enough of the restaurant business, and actually became a carpenter. And with that, you know, was in the had a construction business for several years. And that's where I had um, the experience of actually having three kids of my own, trying to go out to eat with your my kids and having you know having the kids have fun and 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 actually being treated well and not like my kids were a pain and you know <laughs> the server and <laughs> whatever yeah. it was and uh, yeah that that's where um, it came to me that there was an opportunity for me to combine my construction skills and uh, design skills and, and design and build my own restaurant and create a different kind of ex family experience in the restaurant industry. Even though the market was pretty saturated, I thought I had an opportunity to use my dad's you know beef sandwich and pizza recipe along with uh, my carpenter ability to, uh, I, to build a, something new and, and different, and that's what I set out to do. Yeah, and you know you've built. I mean, not not just the buildings, but you know a really um, you know in, interesting business. And, and one of the things I think is really cool about what you're doing. I mean that that sense of purpose. It sounds like you started with a sense of pur purpose that was far deeper than hey, I want to make some money selling pizza. It's about what the place represents. And I'm I'm curious, you know, how 
do you get others in as, as you've built the business and the locations? How do you get other people to share that sense of purpose and, and have that be such a central point of, of how the place operates? Yeah, you know, it's, 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 it's a great point because actually, um, as you said, I, I, did ha- I did start with a sense of purpose. And I believe just like many entrepreneurs and many managers, it, it was deep in my gut. And I didn't know how to get that and articulate that out. You know, mm-hmm. it was passion. It was strong passion. And I, you know, I had my business up for seven years before I really got that clarity and worked mm-hmm. with a consultant to help me do that. And in that, in that first, in those first seven years, I was like many owners. It's you know, you have this passion, and you you know how important every customer is. What we call guest is, and and then when the, a host didn't smile or a server didn't treat someone well. I was like, "Don't you get it? Don't you understand? Can't you read my mind?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, and so that's where developing our purpose, you know, in for our company and our values actually became so important. Um, you know, especially with operations as big. You know, we have 350 seats, 9,000 square feet. You know, 40 people working at once in a very high volume, stressful environment. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so how we you know, I guess the first thing I would say is the, the first thing we do is is actually taking the time to define per, our purpose. And it wasn't just me telling everybody; it was a collaborative effort mm-hmm. of our whole team who did that. You know, and and then that clarity has to be, you know, has to be a part of every action we take in our in our organization in our business. So how we do it is is many different ways, but it really starts right off the bat with on the cover sheet of our application. We actually state our purpose and our values. And so now when a, somebody comes to fill an application, we're going to ask them to read this cover sheet and and make sure that's a part of something, that is something they want to be a part of. And if it is something they want to be a part of, then go ahead and fill out the application. If not, you know, then mm-hmm. then it's you know not the right place for it. And believe it or not, some people say, "Okay, that's not what I want." <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that works. So that's one of the processes, and there's many processes that I, I write about in the book that again uh, integrate our purpose and our values into the behaviors of our team, and we recognize those behaviors as leaders often and that, and that's really what's important as well. Yeah, and in the book you write about you know the the manager's main job um, aligning everybody to that purpose more closely the the next experience as you call it. I mean can can you share some examples or a example of you know how managers either you know kind of see and and may recognize the right behavior or kind of coach people um to to make sure things or decisions they're making about how they do their job, how they interact with people align with that purpose. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, we, we what we do is we, you know, for me it was really important that the, when I, when I completed this work, that purpose and values wasn't just a sheet of paper on the wall. And I've always felt that purpose is different than mission and different than vision. It's present tense here and now. Right, it's why we do what we do, not what we do. I mean, it's actually why we do what we do, and then the values are more the how we do what we do, mm-hmm. and they're both present tense, and, and so that's what's different. I think about a mission is is something you're going to get to 
you know, we, we have mission teams, actually, a menu mission team, a bar menu mission team, you know, that, that you know, we're going to take the hill, you know. It's, yeah. So because, the, so the, to your point, because purpose and values are present tense, now they become action standards that our leaders and our trainers could recognize in the moment, not, not something that we're going to strive to someday. Because when you, when in a mission or when you use language about striving to or getting to or something like that, then there's, there's some wiggle room around performance that, no. oh, well, I don't have to do that right now. I'm still working on getting better, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, so that's how our, the tangible parts that our management team, our leadership team gets to recognize in the, in the moment. And, um, and they will, and they will do that. So an example is, it's just something as simple as, uh, I mean, me walking in today and and seeing a guest walk in, and a serve our host actually from ten feet away have big eyes and a big smile. By as soon as that mm-hmm. guest got you know one step in the door, a big welcoming hi, and and that's you know as I'm walking by as a leader, I just actually connected. Wow, that. Great smile, great uh, entry recognition. You know, as and uh, as a part of our moments of magic. So, so either connecting it and actually saying the words, you know, that way to be on purpose. Connecting the word in the purpose or the word of you know for us moments of magic or one of our values. That's. The example of what I just did, but it's an example of what the managers and leaders in our company continue to do, is actually to find those words and those actions and tie them back to the words in the values. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's a, from my experience, it's a, a missing piece with a lot of managers and leaders is they'll they'll hold a they'll use generalizations and they'll hold like assumptions about what we mean by our you know, our purpose or our values. And, and then in those assumptions, in those generalizations, the real impact gets diminished, you know, in the moment. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd love to at some point I mean, sit you down and, and, and chat with a group of people, uh, managers and leaders of the hospital, because, you know, that type of organization that should have, you know, it, it has a very strong sense of purpose and, and mission and values, but to... Um, yeah, I think there are a lot of applications for um, taking you know the lessons you've learned and the things you're doing to help create better alignment in uh, in organizations like that. Which is you know, one one reason I'm I'm, I'm hoping everyone goes uh, and, and and gets your book and and reads it. Um, one other thing that I want to you know, spend some time talking about. You talk about what's missing. You know that alignment and and that clarity. Um, one thing that you know is sadly present in organizations and. You know, I think a lot of my listeners would agree with you that we um, need to move away from you know what you describe well as, as fear-based management and, and command and control, and that you know you you have alternatives to that. You know, first off, you know why do you think you know this idea of what you call fear-based management um, you know is so, is so common that people in healthcare and factories and a pizza restaurant you know are trying to kind of drive that out of the way people manage. What what are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, I mean I'm I. I'm pretty passionate about that piece because I've seen the results not only in my own leadership as I shifted from 
being a a foreman with a with a construction crew, you know, and and uh, and you know being brought up in a kind of an old school leadership model to being more of a coach, and I've seen the results, especially in the younger generation. Seventy percent, we have two hundred team members here, and seventy percent of them are under the age of twenty five. So, and and I've seen how how well they perform in, in this group that most people say don't have a good work ethic or don't care. And, and I, and I, and I, you know, I strongly disagree with that because of what I've seen, uh, by th- this younger generation, especially the younger generation, but I think every, a lot of people do, they, they have a higher expectation of leadership today. Uh, I do think they have a strong work ethic they want to be a part of something more meaningful mm-hmm. in work, and that's where connecting a purpose, a bigger mini- meaningful thing, is is actually connecting with our 16, 17-year-olds, you know, when they're, whether they're washing dishes, making a pizza, or even taking out the garbage. And, you know, because we, we always talk about how that's actually creating the connection for our guests or, you know, or connecting to the quality of our product. And, and then... Uh, actually trusting the team to perform at a high level at the same time though we have to also track the performance and track the behaviors that are leading to that high performance and keep celebrating the positives that's that's where we're you know that's the difference with trust and track and command and control and by by doing that process trusting some sometimes it's a little trust in the chaos you know especially you know imagine in a in the kitchen in a restaurant that's doing 600 pizzas a day and we have everybody moving fast and then breaking down that the whole kitchen, you know, we call the heart of the house and allowing the team to actually work through their own process of breaking that down without a boss telling them what to do next. And that's, that's what we do here. And it, and what I found is that the actual, the team it would, by stepping back and being less in control as a leader, the team actually innovates and and creates and is more creative than I yeah. could think of by myself, you know, way, of processes and ways to improve. And, of, of course, we tie it back to, we, you know, you have to be transparent. You, have, you know, we have open books. So, so we're, again, we're, we're coming from a bigger picture place. We're sharing with the team, here's the impact around our profitability and, you know, and, and as a leader, um, I'm being transparent about what's challenging for me. All that stuff integrates to to a really effective leadership, and it's and it needs to, it. I think it's really changing because we're we're not in an industrial age anymore. You know, that's you know that that's a ty- thing of the past and factories and all that stuff. You know, the, there's much more. Con- well, I mean, Dan Pink talks about the conceptual age. A lot of people, there's a lot of articles out there about how we're in the conceptual age nowadays, and more creativity is needed. Yeah, and um, I'm curious. You know, can you talk a little bit more about? You know, I agree with you. You're right that the old model of you know, as you put it, the boss, the old school boss saying, you know, you need to do it that way, or you're fired. You know, that kind of fear-driven compliance approach. Um, and and can you describe? You know, you when I was there um, visiting with you, there's a lot of um, checklists and kind of standardized methods and ways people are taught to do things. You know, yep. so, so in in that trust and track model, how do you, um, you know, how, how do you manage daily tasks in in a way that's not fear based? 
Yeah, well, in most restaurants, you typically have a checklist, and a manager walks around with a checklist following the server, following the cook, and, and you know, making sure they're they're checking underneath the salt and pepper shakers and making sure every little thing is wiped. And so, so instead, for us, instead of treating our team like kindergartners that we have to babysit, we treat them like adults. Yeah. And we have a process called our operational cards. And these ops, ops cards for short, and these ops cards actually have one side of the card. And they actually literally are... We use the format of old time cards, the time mm-hmm. card slots, and these and these cards slip into the time card slots. One card is one side of the card is green, and one side of the card is red. And when that card is is a hundred, all the items on that card. So that card will actually list out all the items that, for example, have to be done to break down the uh, pizza table when it's time to close. And the same thing for open. You know, it'll, it'll list out the items that have to be done to open the pizza table. And once that card is complete, the team member will actually take that card and, and put it back in the slot with the green side up instead mm-hmm. of the red side. So green side means it's complete. So now a manager or a leader at Knicks, all you, from across the room, you could see all, you know, if the heart of house, the, you know, our kitchen right. is ready to open, all those cards will be green. Mm-hmm. And instead of watching over the team member, now that manager or leader actually has time to talk to guests, build sales, do other things that are more important. I have a great example of, mm-hmm. I was just talking to Shanda, who works here. Um, she is, actually she's going to be a freshman in college, so she's 19. And um, it was right around the, yeah, about two months ago, I I said, Shanda, you know, you're, you're working Fridays and Saturday nights, you know, don't you have a social life? You're, you know, you like working every weekend night here at Nick's? Because usually we, you know, people are only scheduled one weekend night. And um, she was working a lot, 40 hours a week. And I go, why, you know, why are you working so much? You know, I actually thought that we messed up something with our scheduling, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. she's a rock star. And I'm a, I was concerned. I was like, yeah. I hope we didn't mess up. She goes, oh, no, Nick, I, I love working here. It's you know, I can go out after work. You know, it's part of, you know, part of what I enjoy doing. I said, really? Why? What, you know, what is it? And she said, because I love that we actually are on our own, that we we are just allowed to get the work done that we know we got to get done. And as a team, we actually coach each other. We give each mm-hmm. other feedback. And we don't have somebody, some boss standing over us to tell us what to do. So that was real feedback from her about why she actually enjoys work in the hardest hours in, yeah. in a hundred degree kitchen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and that is that is great when people have that kind of excitement. You know, as you talk about in the book, I mean, you know, your turnover rates are really low, and you know, one yeah. other thing maybe you know we can touch on. We have a couple minutes left. Is you know, I remember uh, you showing me and talking about, you know, the, the development, all the investment and training. You know, if I remember right, a lot of it is, is somewhat self-directed from the employees yep. in terms of what they choose to learn. Can, can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah, that, that process, I mean, you're right. We do have less than 20% turnover in an industry that has typically 150% turnover. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I was, uh, when I was writing that part of the book, um, I was a little bit surprised because of, how much positive feedback I got from the team members here at Nix, especially the younger generation, the 18, 19 year olds, mm-hmm. 
where they where they actually said one of the greatest one of the things that built they felt was a reason they liked Nick's and why it was a positive environment was because their their development was literally on a on the wall in the basements of our restaurant and it's a certification process so each team member actually sees their career path actually on the wall and they get you know they get um, certified in each work group and as they get more certifications that's actually how they get their own raises so so their career path their self development path is actually something that they they sign up for to get more certifications on their own and then how fast they get raises for themselves is actually part of their own is in their own control their own development mm-hmm. it's it's pretty interesting and um i i was at, you know i think it's that that openness and that ability to you know train people well in such a clear way again is another reason why we have the team you know pushing each other to perform at a higher level you know it's 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 just you know to me you know what what it all boils down to is you know I I hear so much I was talking about this this morning with my son actually you know we you hear so much about those great cultures out there in these big companies you know Starbucks and and Google and uh, Southwest Airlines and Zappos and what I what I I get excited about in sharing with other companies is you know most of America is is small business mm-hmm. and everyday business that we're coming across, you know, a local plumbing support, you know, store or liquor store or, or restaurant. And we, you know, what we've done is we've shown people how you can, we could have just as great of a culture mm-hmm. as, as those big companies in our everyday businesses, you know, simply by being explicit with our purpose and our values about the culture we want to have and then making that a focus in everything we do. Uh, it, it's it's really exciting. <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, it really it, it really is. And you know, I I got a real sense of it when when I was there and and, and got to talk to um, some of your team members and 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 see firsthand. There's some really um, special things happening. And yeah, I think yeah, like you said, there's a lot of um, applications for small business, but a lot of you know the the leadership concepts and people development concepts. I think will be. I'm thinking, you know, if I'm putting myself in the shoes of the listeners here, um, refreshing, a breath of fresh air if they work in a hospital with 5,000 employees or a larger company, you know, with 50,000 employees uh, in industry that they can um, take, you know, some of the the great lessons that are here in your book and um, help apply that within their teams, even if they can't change the whole company. Right. I mean, the hardest part I went through was when I was trying to, Hire managers. Then I was getting managers from other restaurants that I thought would be the experts, and they were so stuck in the habits of telling people what to do instead of you know being cops instead of coaches. Yeah. That you know I found that um, I had to find a different mindset in a leader that was not afraid of being transparent of of sharing their own mistakes and um, and actually sharing our numbers with our team because. The team actually, once they get a bigger understanding like that, they will, they will exceed your expectations in their performance. And you know, so we think of our business as a school, and I think that's the opportunity is is to think of everybody's business as a as a, as a school and train the team, and make it their focus. You know? Yeah. 
Well, it's uh, really great to have you share, um, you know, kind of a bit of a preview of the, of the great stuff that's in your book. Uh, the book is titled "A Slice of the Pie: How to Build a Big Little Business." What um, is the, what's the expected publication date? It is. Uh, you can actually order it online right now at Amazon and Barnes and Noble, and to be released uh, September thirteenth is our official release date. Oh, great. Well, so that's, that's what will be, be in the stores and everything. Right around right around the corner, and uh, yep. excited for you. Congratulations on that. And if, if people are in the uh, the Chicago area, your locations are in Crystal Lake and Elgin. If, if people want to come in and have some pizza, how can they find you online, uh, either to learn more about the business or to, to come in and, and have a great family experience? Yeah, you could. Um, so www.nickspizzapub.com. And uh, you could actually do use the same thing to find us on Facebook. And my the book is uh, available through the uh, through our company website as well. So that's a uh, you know that's a great way to actually connect with us. Of course, we're in the suburbs of Chicago, and I'd love to I'd love to have anybody that comes by in either Crystal Lake or the Elgin Restaurant and says hi, and they they heard this in any way. You know that would be fun too. I'm sure I'd <laughs> buy him some uh, <laughs> a pizza or something. It would be yeah. it would be fun. I mean, there's, there's so much alignment between what you you know what we talked about when you were here with lean lean systems and what mm-hmm. we're doing. It, it's really ex- exciting to talk to you about this stuff. You know? Yeah, and and uh, it's great to talk to you. And I, I hope I'm able to pop in uh, again sometime when I'm in the area. And yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll have uh, a group of some leaders from different hospitals come in and have some pizza and and all chat and, and share stories about good leadership and, and, and great culture, great organization, and, and really tasty pizza. I could say that from firsthand experience. So yeah. um, Nick Cirillo from uh, Nick's Pizza and Pub. Again, the book is A Slice of the Pie coming soon. Um, real pleasure talking to you again today. Thanks, Nick. Yeah, thank you. Take care, Mark. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.